0: Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Vance in the front of the ranger, and Todd Young on speakerphone. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products. Check us out, FattyZMusky.com. We have a Facebook page. It is Fatty Z Musky Products. Look us up there. I keep it poorly updated, but every once in a while I do it. But check it out. And uh, Todd, you want to hit your plugs?
1: Yeah, we got Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Check out our website, and M- N as in Nancy, Uh We do Facebook, Todd Young and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, and I'm the same way. I do a little bit there, not a lot. Uh, check out St. Croix Rods if you're getting into the muskie fishing, you know, for the money. Uh, they, they make great product, mostly made in the USA. I've been using them for years. Uh Great, great rods to use.
0: Nice, Vance. You want to hit the Instagram? Yeah, check us out on Instagram. Uh, Fat
2: AZ Musky Products on there. Uh, it's shared with Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. That's
0: the one that's mostly updated. Every yeah, other day, because Vance is on that. Mm-hmm. He 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 does it. He gets stuff done. Promotion. I never know what to write.
1: I, I feel, You know, you feel like I feel funny like posting about stuff for this and that, and <laughs> I really don't like to get into personal stuff. So. Yeah, sometimes I never know what to put up, so I just don't do anything.
0: Yeah, I'll sometimes sit at, a, at the screen and just look at it and wonder. And then I'm like, I'll just go to bed. And that's, that's what I do. <laughs> okay. It's easy
1: during season for me when I got somebody, a young lady or a guy or somebody that caught a fish, you know, an ice fish or something. It's easy to put it up because they, they want to go home and see it. So I don't feel funny doing that. But uh, off season's is a little weird.
0: Yeah, you could just say you sharpened some hooks today.
2: Yeah, yeah, I could say a lot of things. I was making baits, or doing this, yeah. yeah. Or you could post every fish.
0: hashtag post every, post
2: every fish. fish. Yeah.
0: Yeah, or I yeah. could I could post <laughs> photos of my workbench, aka the Ranger, that is littered with everything. It is, in, in, including Vance, including myself,
2: baits, bucks, reels, Project X's, mouse traps.
0: <laughs> you got to keep the antlers. mice out somehow. I know there's
1: some antlers around, too. Oh, yeah.
0: There's a lot of antlers around. Because we're. Um... Speaking of Speaking antlers. Speaking of antlers, that yeah. was a really yeah. great segue. Yeah. Um, uh, That's what I was trying to do. That's professional nice. broadcaster Todd. Um, yeah, so this podcast is going to be a little bit different than what everyone's used to listening to. Uh, we're going to start out real quick. Uh, last. Last weekend, which would be about a week and a half ago, uh, I went down to Kentucky to Whitetail Heaven, their main lodge, and I did a shed hunt. I was with my family. I'm going to talk about that briefly, uh, and then after that, we are going to do an interview, but it's not another phone-in guest. It is the one, the only, Todd Young. We should have probably done this earlier in the uh, podcast, because we're only like nine months into this, baby. Yeah. And, um, not a lot of people know about Todd and it just was like, why haven't we done it? Yeah. Uh, I could probably tell my story in a half hour and no, I wouldn't have anyone listening at the end, but, but Todd, Todd has a very well-decorated career of musky fishing and, uh, we, we, we think that he, he should share it just to add a little bit of, uh, credibility. So when Todd talks, um, you know, I know when Todd talks, I listen, so, we want to share that on this podcast, but first, I'm going to talk about my weekend in Nicholasville, Kentucky, at Whitetail Heaven on their annual shed hunt. Um, how all this started was I've if if you guys have been listening to the podcast, I oh gosh I don't even know if I talked about it, but I've gotten very fortunate the last two archery seasons in that literally I shot a nice buck, a nice Pennsylvania buck, 2014. The last day, the last 15 minutes of the season of the archery season, and that, that spurred me up. I, I wanted to, I wanted to do more trophy whitetail hunting. And uh, I did some searching and I, I found uh, this place called Whitetail Heaven. I called them. I called several places actually, and I asked around whatever, and I just, you know, I'm not knocking anyone you know, outfitter or whatever. This They're free range, no fences, thousands of acres, leased and privately owned, um, top-notch stuff. And I, I looked at it, I said, you know what, a website's one thing. I've seen a lot of good websites, and it really gets confusing when some of those websites are all high-fence operations. And you know what, I'm, I'm not getting into the ethics of that, It's it's really muddy, but... I wanted, I wanted a free-range deer. So, anyways, I called up Tevis, and uh, he gave me a good feeling I ended up booking. It was a little over two years at, before I'm actually going to go down there and hunt. Well, Tevis is the owner. Tevis is the owner of Whitetail Heaven. And, um, what was it? He, he told me about if you book a hunt, they have a shed hunt in the spring, and it's usually the last weekend in March. Well, the last weekend in March this year was Easter, so it got bumped a week prior. And uh, I was going to go last year, but my wife didn't want to leave the three-month-old baby. So we planned to go down this year. Anyways, we went down there. It was nice. little over a seven-hour drive. Pretty easy. I just had to go through the three C's in Ohio. Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. Cleveland. Cleveland. You have to drive all the way up there. To, that's the most direct route. Wow! And uh, once I get through that, then I got to bus through Lexington, and I'm on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, going down there, I we have four hunters booked for for uh, opener rifle 2016, and uh, one of them being my dad, my dad's friend Bob, uh, my brother-in-law, who my sister married, not my wife's brother. Um, Steve and myself were all going down. Well, S- Steve, uh, Steve couldn't make it to go down. So, anyways, I brought my wife. And Tevis insured me everything was going to be top-notch. Bring your wife, bring your kids and stuff. So, we left the kids at home. Threw a little bit of food on the floor. Mm-hmm. They were good. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> little That's right. Mm-hmm. The one's potty trained. She could probably change Little ones' diaper. No, I, we had a babysitter uh-huh. for anyone out there that's wondering. That's nice get away. I know you haven't got away ever. At all. <laughs> for
1: in, like four years.
0: In fact, I mean, like the vacation, the last vacation that I went on with with just me and my wife was in 2010, and we went to Lexington for for the World Equestrian Games, which essentially is the Horse Olympics. Wow. Okay. So it, it's been like a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we end up going to Lexington again and, uh, anyways, (laughs) memories, they, they would, they allowed the guests to come Thursday, come Thursday. you, You can stay Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And you might, I don't know if you could stay Sunday night or not and then get kicked out Monday morning, but regardless, anyways, we get down there. We're one of the first, we're not the first down there. We, we left Thursday morning. We got down there. And it was, it the driving was weird because like we're flying down the highways and then we get like around Lexington, it's like 55 mile an hour zone, but you're stopping every half mile at a traffic light. Yeah. So it just gets frustrating because there's traffic, it's four lanes, you're waiting for the GPS to tell you when to turn. And you turn off this like four lane onto this street that's like, if you, if, if there were two bicycles heading towards each other, you'd feel cramped. Really? Yeah, like, there is no... Todd, you could not pull your boat down this and have have a pedestrian on the road. Yeah. It's it's narrower than your road. So oh, you wow. Get, that's so pretty get, narrow. You're getting excited at this <laughs> point. It well, seems like you're getting out there. Well, we're, we're... Yeah, it's like, okay, we're off the highways. Now mm-hmm. we're going to... And it's not that far off, like, the highway-ish thing, that 55 with the stoplights. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we get there and we see it. The lodge that's all, you know, they, they're... It's all over like, their uh, websites and their Facebook and stuff. Big, beautiful lodge. Yeah. Pull up and, uh, like I said, we're one of the first to get there. We, we like, close our doors and immediately two of the guides come out. to like, hey, can we help take your bags, this and that? And I'm like, well, um, I can handle it. It's just a carry-on bag. We're only staying two nights. Yeah. Uh, but they offered and, you know. Anyways, we told them who we were. They're like, oh, you get, like, the best room in the house. <laughs> and it's like you walk in, and it's just big, wooden house, big beams, tall ceilings. It's it's like five star, and where our room is, right like when you walk in, right to the left. It's like the only. How would you get this nice room?
2: Did I you sweet, I, I, sweet talked Tevis. He didn't least listen to the podcast and hear you mope and groan over.
0: No, he didn't hear me belly. Again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just called, and I you know, I expressed
1: it. He, said, he said you were bringing your wife, and he's like, I get the room for you guys. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, we weren't, we weren't the only ones. There were, I think... Oh,
1: there were some other wives. I,
0: I guess he said, I think there were seven others, and a couple sure. of them brought their kids. But I think since we were the first ones, and we confirmed that we were going to yeah. be there, we, we got the first pick of the room. And I nice. didn't even pick it, he just said, we're getting it, so... It was nice. Let me let me
2: clarify this. So, if you book a hunt
0: mm-hmm. with Whitetail Heaven, you can,
2: you have the option to go down and do this shed hunt.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, you, you book a hunt. Now, mine was two years out. I could have went two years in a row, but like I explained earlier. Anyway, so, we get there, and it wasn't, you know, that long after that. My, my dad and Bob showed up. We drove separate, and uh, we decided... Let's go shed hunting now because we we didn't know what to expect. And we asked them and they're like, oh, yeah, there's some guys already in the woods. And they they live right along the Kentucky River. And there's like I think he said a thousand acres they own right there at the lodge. Mm -hmm. So so they own part of that river. They own. I think the river's the boundary. Okay. And um, anyway, so we, we we get a guide to take us to this spot. And he, and he pretty much said, now listen, you look down here, look around here and come back and, you know, dinner will be ready at this time. So we go out and I'm like, I don't know what to expect. I've never found a shed. I look, I'm terrible at it. It's tough to find
2: a buck, let alone find something that's fallen off of it and now laying on the ground.
0: Well, see, you know, when I was walking, you know, like when you, when you go hunting, you're like, okay, I'm after this game animal. Or I'm after, let's just say a muskie. When when you see a musky, you're like, oh, there's a musky, It's moving. If you're after a deer and, and you see a deer and it gets and runs away, well, there was a deer. Mm-hmm. You're looking for an antler that looks like a stick mm-hmm. on the floor of the forest. Yeah. And there's nothing there that's going to want to... It's not going to run away from you. So you have to literally... You have to see it.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, within probably the first, I'm going to say, 150 yards... My dad, what we ended up doing was we, 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 we spread out, uh, I don't know, probably 20, 30 yards apart. And, um, we just went like four wide. We were going through like the thick stuff, hoping to to find one. And we come out the other side and my dad goes, Hey, I found two. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> one was like been there over a year mm-hmm. and it was all chewed up. Mm-hmm. And, um. Then the other one was like this funky rack that looked like like a small baby fish with like a brow tine. Mm-hmm. It was all busted, and it's been busted for a while. I'm like, well, we're on the board. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that, okay, crap, I should have brought a backpack for all these sheds <laughs> I'm going to find. <laughs> I mean, we just stepped foot in this this thing. And so we go through this, and it was kind of like a cedar, cedar, brabbly kind of I wouldn't call it red brush because I didn't really see red brush down there, but it was a brushy area. And then we kind of cross this field. We look at, we look in the field as best we can and we get into the other patch of woods. There's like two pat two kinds of woods I'd say down there. One's like cedar with weeds and the other is like red oaks. And that's it. Just like red oak stands Mm. everywhere. And when you get into the red oaks, you 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 you'd have to almost step on unless it's a giant antler it's because mm-hmm. that's all there are on the floor of the The thing is rock and red oak leaves mm-hmm. and try to find a brown antler mm-hmm. amongst brown and red leaves mm-hmm. it's It's maddening but anyways we we kept looking around and <clears throat> when it was all said and done that day, we had two antlers, but talking with the guides. The next day they're taking us to a lease, no one's walked on it, and we're going to have a whole bunch of people and, you know, we're going to find some antlers. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So we, we get up, we uh, eat breakfast. I think the train left at like 9 or 9.30 and we all followed the guide and um, we, we go to the one lease and it's, it's country that I've never seen before because you got all these mountains and these rivers and these gullies and you got cedar trees and big fields, and rock cliffs, and clear creeks, and muddy rivers, and anyway, so we go there, and uh, they split us up into two two things, and we're scouring all this area, and uh, the, one of the first ones we went, and I think there might have been 10, 10 people in our group, we did the same thing, we spread out 10 to 20 yards apart, and we all went the same direction, it wasn't like an Easter egg hunt where everyone's going nuts, mm-hmm. And at the end of at the end of the thing, and we all meet up at this little field area, my dad has a nice half rack four in his hand. So he he's found three. He's on the board with three. I haven't found nothing. Knowing yourself, you probably turned this into a competition. Oh, it was. And he he was up three nothing. <laughs> and and then I kicked it in overdrive and I, I was just running around.
2: And when we go when we when we fishing and stuff, that, you know, like half, half the day will pass and we'll see some follows or bag some or whatever. Andy knows all the st- stats. He'll, he'll turn <laughs> to stats. me and he'll be like, Yeah, I'm up, but you know, I had, I had, uh, you know, three follows and a fish and you only, you know, you caught two fish or something like
0: that. Yeah, and so, a follow's worth yeah. two thirds of a point or something. I'll be like, uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, it makes it fun. Yeah. It's numbers and mm-hmm. I like numbers. So we, uh, You know, we we walk around, and we probably walked up and down these hills and in these fields and stuff. I'm gonna probably say at least five hours, maybe six hours, and we covered a lot of ground. We did not find a lot of sheds on this property, but nonetheless, you know, they they were they were giving us oh this stand, you know, so and so shot this deer, you know, when and um, there was like this one stand. In this middle of this field, I think it was corn. It was corn last year. It's a big tower stand, and it has to be twenty-five feet up in the air. Wow, enormous! And I think it looks like ridgerack. Todd, you know what ridgerack is? No, that industrial storage rack. That's what ridgerack is, Vance. Mm -hmm. It's it. You know, you can. There's like uh, beams that go across. They're like that 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 clip in to the uprights on the end. You know, there's like two foot ridge rack, four foot wide. Um, I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but anyways, it looks like ridge rack. They they put this together, and it's way up there. There's like this big aluminum ladder leaning against it. Then it goes to like a vertical ladder that you'd climb like a like a cell phone tower with. Yeah. Sturdy. I, it's been there. Yeah. But you know, they're saying that like, yeah, you can see, you know, 250 deer if you know, yeah, in in your hunt if mm. you just hunted this stand. But you're gonna have like three and four hundred yard shots, maybe. I mean, some will be closer, but, mm-hmm. you know, so then it gets you thinking about your hunt. Yeah, so you're
2: also getting a lay of the land there.
0: Yes. Yeah, that,
2: that, that, that's cool. You got to see some of the places you might be going.
0: That's yes, neat. yes. And, you know, but it makes you think, do you want to have a stand you can see a lot in hopes that you see the one there, you know, the big one on the, on the property? Or mm-hmm. do you want to go on a, you know, but if you see the big one, it could be,
2: an incredible
0: wow. poke, yeah. To where you know yeah. you're aiming to, you know, above its back, yeah. And you shoot. My, my, my
1: grandpa always told me when I was a kid getting into hunting. He said, "It's not how much you can see; it's what you can see." That was his big thing. He would sit in thickets, and he used to get a buck every year back then. And he would sit in the, some of the strangest places. <laughs> he wasn't big on visibility, you know. He was just like, nope
0: Something to think about. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> and I'm probably going to leave it up to my guide who's going to yeah. tell me where oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Big is living. Mr. Big. <laughs> Mr. Big. Um, but, you know, th- this place is, I don't want to say it, it's polluted with 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 big bucks. It probably is. Compared you know, with, to what? With minimum 130s on some leases, 140s and other leases and 150s on, on some other ones. There's a lot of a lot of nice Pope and young deer getting shot in, and Booners every year. And, uh, did you see any deer on here? Your... I did. I, you did see, okay. The first day when Bob and dad and and, Kara and I were all walking with just really nilly. Mm-hmm. We, we got into like this little bedding area where there's like a food plot. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to crawl through the, these cedar trees and I'm going to find one where a buck was laying. Just a big, big 200 inch set laying there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Bob's like, I'm jumping in there too. And, you know, Kara and my dad kind of skirted around and we were just looking the perimeter. We get in there. I hear Bob yelling. This doe was like beelining for him in, in the cedar. She didn't know he was there. Yeah. Like yeah. like either my, either Kara or, or Bob, uh, my dad bumped it and that deer was taken off. Went straight towards Bob. I think I might have seen like eight deer total. Six yeah. or eight. And some of the stuff we went through was so thick in cedar.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I,
0: I you know you're like crouch, you're bent at the waist, you're, you're bent at your knees, you're low like 30 inches off the ground and you're crawling. Mm-hmm. you know, just just going through this stuff and and anyways, I didn't spoiler alert, I didn't find any sheds. But <laughs> Dad, dad's still up three nothing. Dad's up three nothing. and towards the one of the last little things that we looked, he found another shed. So he's up 4 nothing. You gotta and, just run the clock at that point. Oh yeah, he was—he was just you know. continuous clock. That's right. He was just taking knees all the time. Mm. Um. So we 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 round up we round out that, and by that time, you know, we're we're exhausted. We take the we drive back, and you know, we went and had dinner, and and uh, Tevis's wife Hannah is the cook at this place, and and it's not like here's your hot dogs and burgers. It was like top-notch, top-notch stuff. They, they grilled up or baked, I don't know, these planks of salmon for everybody. Mm -hmm. With this like, I don't even know what it is. It was some topping on the salmon that was, I have, I like salmon, but this was the best salmon I've ever eaten. (laughs) And I, I I felt really bad coming up and grabbing another chunk of salmon. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I didn't care, but it was, full-blown awesome meals and all of this was if you have a hunt booked it's included for free yeah you just got to get down there yeah so anyways the the the, the next day we're leaving i didn't want to leave bright and early but i had a hunch i was going to find a shed but i already spoiled it that i said i didn't find a shed so (laughs) I, i i i made a deal with my wife They have horses on the property. I said, "Give me one hour this morning. I want to go out back and look some more on the property." Mm -hmm. By this time, the guides left with uh, all the other people that have come in, and uh, so I'm like, "Okay, we got these thousand acres practically to ourselves to walk around." So Dad, Bob, and I went out. We went looking. We we continued where we left off on the Thursday. We got there. And like 100 yards from the truck, Bob looks down in a field that had already been planted once and burnt probably twice. He found a little four wow. on one side. <laughs> and he's like, oh, look at this. In the middle of this field, this field had to be 400 acres. <laughs> Maybe not 400, but it was a lot. Wow. And uh, it was like half buried. It's been there for who knows how long. Yeah. So final score, 4 one Goose egg, goose egg. <laughs> Got shut out, and uh, yeah, maybe I'll shoot a big one. I hope, mm-hmm. I hope. But um, you know the the guides, you know the ones that that I remember. There was Rick, Rich, Richie, I should say, Tanner. They were they were top notch. They were around when we did the the guided shed hunt, and um, you know Tevis's wife, she cooks an incredible meal. And I just, it's amazing because that weekend, that's not like a, there was some money involved in, in, in doing all that, housing these people, all the drinks you could want to drink. And, uh, the crazy thing was, was that we were down there and there was a couple of kids. I think they were a group of three and they weren't kids, but, um, they were talking about musky fishing. Really? And they ended up being like in Catanix. They were from Catanning, hmm. and uh, oh, yeah, so Catanning's not how far is that away from you, Todd? Oh, an hour. Yeah, and that's just adjusting. what is that like, south and east? Yeah, it's getting over
1: by the rivers where the, where uh, where the Allegheny comes down, you know, flows through. Not too far from Catanning, there. Okay. Actually, right in Catanning, yeah.
0: Yeah, so they're fairly local. I mean, it's kind of weird how you're running into those people. We were into people from Georgia, mm-hmm. from from uh, Massa, New York, uh, some Boston people. Mm-hmm. I love their accent. Mm. And um, yeah, it was it was just a really good time. In fact, I'm trying to work out the details with Tevis that he's going to go on a trip with Todd. We just got to we got to get all that worked out, and hopefully uh, he'll get his first muskie. He'll bring his little boy if it works out, and then. I'll go down and shoot the biggest buck of my life. That's the plan mm-hmm.
1: there you go, so I, I like when plans come together, so let's
0: make it happen. <laughs> let's I make want it <laughs> so but that was in a nutshell if if anyone out there is looking for first class accommodations, food, and if you just look at the mounts in this place, the white tail hunts, they are for what you're getting, there is no better deal out there, and um, not a high fence area oh yeah in fact i practically you know booked 2018 mm-hmm. he yeah. You know, they have property in indiana kentucky and ohio i'm looking at an ohio 2018 hunt but i'm still undecided what i want to do but yeah i'm going to be doing that that's going to be my my little tradition my dad always used to go on a hunt every ever every two or three years mm-hmm. and i might just go down and shoot deer because the elk count was fun todd would you went out west didn't you
1: yeah, I was out west one time. Yeah, we went to Montana elk mule deer combo hunt and uh, saw a lot of elk. I never I never saw a bull. Shot a nice mule deer. Uh, it was a great time. Yeah, we did a drop drop camp, so we were like out. You know, the guys we didn't take guy <coughs> guides. They just dropped us off, and we were we were in the mountains of Montana for like ten days. I think nine or ten days. Mm. It was awesome.
0: Nice. Did they have showers out there?
1: Yeah, they had a shower uh, tent set up. You like heated the water uh, where the wood burner would, would sit. You filled, they had like a, a, a water thing around it. So you would pour the water in there. When you lit your fire, because you were going to take a shower, you uh, were heating the water. You dumped the water into one of those H2O bags, or I can't remember what it was called it was, I mean, then you you get to take a nice warm shower. But, I mean, it was out in the middle of the mountains. I mean, it was nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was wondering, because there are some people that go out there, and they're like, yeah, we just don't shower, you just sponge off. No, 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 we showered every night, and then we, uh,
1: yeah, they had that all set. They had a shower house, they had a bunk house, and they had a cooking house set up. The food food was there for us, you know, that we did uh they supplied all that and all the there was firewood everywhere so you just you know we got back first lit the fires wherever we in all the different rooms and uh yeah we did our own cooking we did all that they had all the meals sitting there planned for you and uh yeah it, it was great Coleman lanterns as lights you just walked in lit, lit all the lanterns and uh
0: yeah nice it was fun oh yeah i I'd like to do more hunts, but it's just life giving. It was you.
1: fun to get away. I mean, it, it, the fun part of it was, I mean, there was no cell phone, there was no anything. I mean, we we went there and, you know, I told my wife goodbye when we left the motel the night before. And I didn't, you know, you didn't really, that that's all you did. That, that's what we did for nine or 10 days, however many days we were there. We hunted, got up in the morning, hunted, ate. And hunted the next day didn't talk to anybody (laughs) the guides stopped in every once in a while to make sure if we got an animal they would haul it out like they hauled my guild deer out like you know my brother-in-law you know they would come by every other day and uh yeah it was a very neat experience
0: yeah yeah so i'm gonna be going on that that'll be my second hunt my first one was an elk hunt and you know, that was fun, but I, it's, 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 for me, it's tough to beat the excitement of a big white tail buck. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's what I did. I figured, you know, that's, there's enough hunters here. If anyone's looking, I suggest you at least call or look them up if you're going to consider any kind of a hunt. Like I said, I'm going to say it again. It's free range, no fences. Uh, you do have a guide, but the guide is not with you. Um, he kind of sets you up in a spot and, you know, you you can talk with him and make a game plan and do whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, check them out and then, yeah, uh, we're going to switch gears and we are going to, we have, we have an interview, Vance. Do you know that? Yes. I remember. Okay. (laughs) So let me pull out my cheat sheet for all these, uh, questions we're going to ask. Um, we have them on the line. We do. Okay. Well,
2: uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah. No, no
0: problem. Uh, okay, our guest is uh, our interview. Plugs.
2: Get, get, yeah, get your plugs. <laughs> get your on. plugs in. Get your plugs in. Get your plugs in, yeah.
1: Uh, that is the musky product. <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> uh,
1: right right, right yeah. yeah. Muddy Creek Fishing Guide. Yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> There's my plug. Nice. No.
0: <clears throat> yeah. most, most people that have listened to the podcast, you know, for at least any podcast, uh, knows that, you know, Todd is one of the three amigos and, you know, we're just going to get a little bit more of the backstory because he has a story to tell and we're going to, we're going to get some of it out right now. And, uh, you know,
1: we're yeah, we, we, we probably touched on it a little bit here and a little bit there throughout the whole thing, but we never really did the, uh, you know, I'm going to sit back, step back and let you guys go as if I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, our guest is Todd. Now, Todd, this is a podcast, and we're going to be recording, and it's going to be put on the internet for people to listen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. what's
1: a podcast? The podcast. That was the question I had when you first told me we were going to do a podcast. I said, "What's a podcast?"
0: Okay, podcasts are for really awesome people <laughs> who like to listen to awesome people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, okay. To listen to the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Todd. Uh, what's your name to start off with?
1: Todd Young, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides.
0: All right. Well, uh, hey, that wraps it up. So. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Done. Nice. All right. Uh, you've been, you've been muskie fishing for how long?
1: my, uh, you know, the family, you know, some people go to, to the beach for vacation and go to different places. My family, my grandpa was a muskie fisherman, and uh, he started going to Canada. Uh, not long after he got home from World War II, back in the late 40s, early 50s. And, uh, of course, I was not around then. But, I mean, he would take my mom and my two aunts, and that's just what they did. Sometimes he would take three, four weeks vacation in a row and go to, uh, up to Pigeon Lake. And, uh, they would go up there and they would, that was, that was our vacation. Or their vacation. So I just grew up doing it. I mean, I sent you guys a photo there, that, oh, a couple months ago, that uh, I was in diapers. I was, but it was, I was one year old.
0: I and, thought uh, I thought that was like a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it, it was it was me standing there pointing at this fish. My grandpa's holding a muskie, and uh, so I mean, I, I, I just grew up doing it, and uh, that that's what we that's where we went we went to Canada. We went, we went fishing mostly for muskies. They did do some walleye fishing, things like that. So, you know, I remember the first time I saw one, I remember the first time, you know, uh, I was sitting there, I was perch fishing in the middle of the boat. I was probably about five years old or something. And, uh, they were casting. We didn't do any trolling back then, but yeah, I've been, I started fishing not long after I saw that one fall of my grandpa's (laughs) lure, And then he, he, he did catch it like on the next cast. And, uh, I can still picture it to this day. I have the lure down in my basement <laughs> that he caught that fish on. When, when and, you
0: were uh, when you were perch fishing, did, did any thought cross your mind to tie a treble on and, and, and jam it through the back of one of them perches? Uh, I asked my grandpa.
1: Like I said, I was like five years old. And that muskie, I was sitting there playing playing around the perch and that muskie come in and made this big swirl of the boat. And uh, I, I, I still remember to this day, I turned and looked at him I said, Pappy, do... Muskies eat worms. <laughs> and he started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can still remember it. I could take it right to the spot. Uh, but I started I, I started going with him and, and, and throwing some baits. And I remember the first time I had one hit, you know, I was probably six or seven. And uh, one one hit the bait. I was using a, oh my gosh, it was a Johnson Century Reel. I, they just tied a lure on to. My, my, my fishing reel. And then I remember him, when the musky hit, I did not get it, but it hit. And then I remember him saying to my my dad, he said, I think we're going to have to get that boy a, uh, a musky pole. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah. okay. It, what, started, it started a long time ago.
0: What was your first musky rod then?
1: It was a hand-me-down. It was a hand me It was a, uh, uh, it was my grandpa's old Shakespeare Wonder Rod, which is, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a fly rod nowadays. He gave me his old rod, and he bought a new rod, and it had a knuckle-buster reel on it, like, there was like a one-to-one gear ratio.
0: <laughs> there was so no much, gears. There so was no gears. <laughs> yeah. There was no gears. There was like a handle With a attached right to the spool. Yeah.
1: Little handle, little wee thing. It had like pearl handles, and you... He would crank as fast as you could, and uh, but we were throwing small baits. You know, it was it was so much different. That was my first. Uh, that was my first musky rod. I, I got some hand-me-downs, and I bought the first one. I and then I got one. Uh, was head, some type of a head and reel, and it actually had a, a push-button line release. The, the, you know, you could throw out and stuff. Yeah.
0: Now, did w- w- when you got that reel, did you ask the salesman, "Is this the best reel for double fours <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, no, no, I did not. No, I, I got it because it, it was. Yeah, I liked it. It was green. I liked the color. It was pretty high tech. It was a head, head and something. I can't remember what it is, or you know what, what the actual name of the reel was. But there was a little rubber button you pushed down. You didn't push straight in. You push like down on the lever, then you could throw. And it had a. It that was the first one that It, it was actually mine. You know, I got it. they came in this big case. I remember opening it up for Christmas. It was a big deal.
0: Awesome. Nice. Okay, so <clears throat> you uh, you you started getting the itch around five. When was yeah. your first <laughs> one that was landed? Hello, Hey Todd, you mute us?
1: Yeah, I, No, I couldn't hear you for a second there. Okay, no.
0: when was your first uh, muskie that you landed?
1: That was 19, 1976, so I would have been 7 years old. I was born in 69, and uh, that happened at Glendale Lake of all places. Uh, we had a little bow tie up there and we went out and we were throwing some baits around and I caught it on this little spinner bait. Paul Bunyan, we brought that up one time.
0: We did. Patrick yeah. Nittany Valley.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was on a Paul Bunyan, and it, 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 it wasn't really that big, but I couldn't wait to get home uh, that, that day to call my grandpa to tell him they caught a muskie.
0: Now, did you call uh, or did you telegraph? No, I, no we called. They,
1: they, yeah, we had, we, had, we had landlines. Rotary <laughs> It not that long ago.
0: What, it was a rotary phone, though, wasn't it? Oh, I'm sure it was a rotary phone, yeah. <laughs> nice. I like them. I'm, I'm sure it was a rotary phone. So you caught your first one without your grandpa? I was not
1: with my grandpa, yeah. My dad and I were fishing. Oh, nice. Yep. Yep, we were fishing at Glendale Lake. Like I said, of all places, I've been Canada. It was a little one. And then, uh, but that was the first one I got to catch.
0: Now, when you told your grandfather, did he ask you about the water temperature? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Believe me, we didn't. The way we would have known what the water temperature was, if we... Now, did, this was a uh, this was a Sears a Sears motor seven seven point five air cooled on a little twelve foot I think it was a J
2: C Penny or a Sears boat. Now what okay, what? okay, so you could buy boats and stuff at J C Penny and Sears back then. I mean, yeah. now, now it's all like your refrigerators and yeah. really bad that, yeah. button downs and yeah, stuff like then, that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, it was a
1: it was called a Ted Williams. Motor and it was air cooled.
0: That was the guy who you stole it from, wasn't it? He yeah, had so his name t- on it. T-
1: it was
2: an <laughs>
0: air cooled motor. Who, who could forget
2: those? Yeah. Forget <laughs> those? I, I wish I still had it. <laughs> you go to Sears and you could buy an entire boat yeah. there.
1: Your boat and your. I mean, we, we didn't have a trailer. We would, uh, we would get somebody that had a truck, and it would take it up to the lake for us. And then there was, like, this cable around the lake. You just tie your boat up to this cable. It was like renting a spot. Mm-hmm. So we would go up. We would take the motor, flip the boat over, put the motor on it. Of course, we didn't have a trolling motors or anything like that. We were just drifting around, throwing
0: baits.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so no net es- finders, no anything.
0: Essentially, what you tied it up to was... Just a hitching post because horses just went out of style. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. They used the old word. I don't even know if they still do that at some of those lakes. But uh... so you used to drive, you throw the boat in there, he, have to pull it out. He'd went...
0: have to get someone to drive it to the lake. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then
2: it, 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 it was sort of like
1: having a uh, uh, a slot at a marina. Like mm-hmm. you had a little spot there where you where, you know you had your own spot where you would tie the boat up. And, and we would take it up in the spring, and you would pull it up on shore, flip it over, and you would chain it and put a lock on it. So once, because we didn't have a truck. My dad didn't have a truck.
0: Nice. So, okay, I got you. Now the picture's And, and you pick all the weeds off of it, and you scrape the zebra mussels. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. There was no zebra mussels, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't around yet, I
0: don't think. Okay. So, okay, so then, then you catch your first one, and now... Okay. Now what? What's the next step? You're, you're seven. You've already accomplished something that most yep. anglers that aren't musky fishermen never do. Mm-hmm. You you call it quits? Do you retire? No, no. Now you want something
1: big. You want you want a bigger one, and okay. you want more of them. I want a legal one. I want one I can take home. Back then we kept them, and I wanted one that I could take in and we could eat it.
0: How, how much? That's, that was a big thing. How much time went by until you actually caught your first legal one? The next day, right? I
1: caught it in 1979, <laughs> so I was like 10. I caught that one up in Canada. Like once again, I could take it to the spot right now. I can remember the thing hitting. And the first one I caught that was legal. It was like 31 inches long. It was a big deal. Caught it, took it in.
2: Got your name walked, on the board, right? Walked,
1: walked around, yeah. I Got your name on the board. It was a big deal. Big deal.
0: And what was the bait? It was a Paul Bunyan.
1: I got the first probably fifty I ever caught were on Paul Bunyans. That's <laughs> it's all I would
2: use. Because <laughs> you caught one on him.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, so yeah. you so you, get, so you get the bun uh, the the Bunyan lore. I'm sure you had a thing for Glendale Lake for a little bit too, right?
1: I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like going to Glendale, even though we went to Canada. I I've always wanted to go up there to Glendale. Glendale was neat back then. We talked about that a little bit with that Patrick.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the place with the. The, uh, yeah, they the had the specific the armor pike. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, yeah, I
1: really liked that lake. It had, that lake had chain pickerel, it had honor pike, it had northern pike, it had muskies. So, we would catch some chain pickerel while we were casting for muskies. We would catch a lot of neat, toothy fish, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't all muskies, but, uh, you know, you got to, we, we, we used to get action there because they had all that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I, did, I mean, I never really caught a lot there, you know, most of the time. Most of our fish was in Canada. We would, we would go to Conneaut Lake, the natural lake, and we would go to Chautauqua. Uh, we never really fished a lot of the local lakes around here uh, for, for muskies, because you got to remember, they were all just new at the time. Uh, you know, my grandpa started a long time ago, so he was only fishing in natural lakes. The, the, these lakes didn't exist. I'm, well, tuning is pretty old lake, but uh, you know moraine and Wilhelm and all that, and even Glendale, most of those lakes were, were built in the uh, you know, flood control. They were built in the late 60s, early 70s, so he just wasn't accustomed fishing. So, so we went to the lakes where he was accustomed to fishing, mm-hmm. which was normally we would go to Cla yacht and if we were going to take a little weekend trip or something or you know we, so sometimes we would go to Chautauqua for the week. But we used to go to Canada every year, uh, a week in June, June or July, and then we would go a week in September. So I was, always went there two weeks a year, and that's where we did a lot of our, most of our muskie fishing. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. So now, now, now you're a seasoned vet before you're even in your teens. What you know? What 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 are you looking for next? You're you're just still trying to add to the numbers. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I mean, I usually when I left when we left the place in Canada in September, I mean, I would be like, this is, the, I mean, it, 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 it was horrible because I knew how long it was going <laughs> to be that we would get back up there. Uh, I really really dwelled on it. that's the only thing I cared about. <laughs> was When, you know, and when you're that young, nine months, till June or something, that's a long time. And Mm -hmm. that's all, that's all I, that's all I thought about. (laughs) Can't wait to get back to Canada.
0: Yeah. You know, that's something I've realized, you know, now that I have kids, you know, before like, ah, next year, or like, like what I talked about with my deer hunt, I booked out two years in advance. I'm like, okay, it'll be here soon enough. When you're a little kid. Remember the first day of school, you're like, it's so long for yeah. summer vacation. Yeah. It's it's nothing. It's yeah. a blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, so that must have just been brutal for you.
2: Yeah. That was, PA, yeah. was I mean, P was was PA all year round back then? No. No, no. PA had a closed season. Uh PA
1: closed about the middle of March. And then, and then uh first Saturday in, in May is when PA used to always commit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and Canada, Canada, as long as I can remember, it always opened up the first Saturday in June. And like I said, sometimes we would go in June, sometimes we'd go in July, August, whatever, but we always went in October. with starting in second grade, from second through uh, 12th grade. Every year, my grandpa took me, uh, my parents let me do it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would take the week off of school. You know, and uh, go to go to the fall fall fishing trip.
0: That you is, skip school to go fishing. That is awesome. Yeah,
1: for a week. All you do, you know, you, you turn your paperwork in. Say, yeah, I'm going to Canada, and then you had to write a, you know, some of the teachers say, oh, write a write an essay about your trip, and so I would make up all these stories, and basically we just went and we fished from daylight till dark every day. <laughs> yeah. But I would take, like, a picture. I would take a little camera, and uh, a little 410 camera. Uh, you
0: guys don't Is like that them. the one hey, you have to put them. your head underneath, like, the curtain and hold up that gunpowder tray? <laughs>
1: no, it didn't have that, no. <laughs> it was actual <laughs> film. So I would take pictures of, like, seagulls or otters and, like, fish or, you know, some black squirrels or something to eat. And I would do the same report every year. <laughs> nice. Basically, it was just filling in time because we we fish. My grandpa would get up and... He wanted to be out before the sun came up, and normally, uh, you know, a, a, a normal day back then is we would get up, we'd go out and catch some perch or wal perch and walleye, and come back in, eat breakfast, and musky fish all day, and then as it got dark, we'd go back out and we would we would night night fish for walleye.
2: Those are busy trips. I mean, you're up. Oh, it was busy. And you got to get your meals. You got to get your food cooked and everything. You got your yeah. You're your working the entire time. You're, I wouldn't uh, trade it for anything.
1: You're, you're so they, make, I don't do that anymore. You know, we don't fish that way. But uh,
0: memories make,
1: you'll ne- never forget. Yeah,
0: you're making me hungry because it's I haven't had walleye or perch in a very long time, <laughs> and I just you know I just I, I put myself in that position. You're like, wake up, we gotta we gotta cook cook you know catch our meals. Yeah, and you yeah. go out and you you catch you know you do it just. You're, we you're, would
1: go with this one. This one guy used to go with us in the fall, Pete. We called him Sleepy Pete because he would sometimes fall asleep when he was like driving the boat. But he was he he was more into the walleye fishing than the. Uh, he's long gone, but he he was more into the walleye fishing than the musky fishing. So Tap and I would be musky fishing, but Pete would eat. I mean, his goal was to have in the morning you had walleye and eggs, eggs and walleyes <laughs> in the morning. Lunch at, lunch we had a fish sandwich and then we would eat walleyes for dinner, and we did that. The whole
0: week. Did he have any like? <laughs> Did anybody walleye? have to yeah stop at the hospital or? No. <laughs> walleye shakes for for, <laughs> for walleye. Yeah. Gone through walleye, DTs for, for, for yeah. yeah. It, like on Napoleon Dynamite, instead of like that, all those cracked eggs they stirred up to to yeah. feed them, it was just walleye. Like <laughs> it's just walleye fillets. We, so we would. So would. Have
1: been. It was good. It was good. It was it was, it was a good time. because you could only bring one daily limit home, so you were only allowed to bring like six walleyes home per man. But uh,
2: that's a lot. Yeah. He, he... We went
1: up there and just ate fish the whole time.
2: That is awesome. So at this, and you're still going up there to Canada?
1: Oh yeah. I, I missed I didn't. I did not go up to that the area that we're used to going. I didn't go last year. I went to St. Clair for a few days, and just the guy business has gotten too crazy. Uh, it's hard to take a week week to do that in the middle of the season because, you know, we have such a short season that I'm fishing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's also hard to leave if I'm going to, you know, if I'm not, you know, fishing is working for me now. And it, it is kind of hard to just tell you know, my wife and daughter, like, yeah, by the way, I'm taking a week off, but I'm going to be in Canada.
0: Because uh, i got to go fishing for a vacation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I did it every year. I mean, I've only missed, like, one one year that I haven't been up to that area since at least once. I used to go for, you know, two, most of the time I would go for, once I got able to drive and stuff and pull the boats, I know we talked about that on one of the podcasts earlier. I mean, I would go for two weeks in June. As soon as school was out, I would go up there for two weeks, to come home, and then we would go back up in uh, September for the trip. Then I started going a week in October too as I got a little bit older. Uh, and that was a lot of my muskie fish. I mean, we, we always fished around here some, but uh, and it's still, it, it still really isn't the same as going up there.
0: You know, I, I'm still thinking about the perch and the walleye that you'd catch mm-hmm. because it's kind of the circle of life because the muskies will eat the perch, but you're catching the perch... ...to go catch the muskies because the perch are feeding you.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're giving us the energy to go out
2: there and throw the bait. Yeah.
0: Them perch are just screwed. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they get they get a lot of pressure. From everything. Yeah, yeah from You're everything. You're too shallow, a seagull will swipe you. Yep. You're on the weed edge, a muskie's going to slurp you. Yep. Anywhere there could be a worm... You get somebody like Pete out there, sleepy He's Pete. He's stuffing yeah. his
2: pockets, sleepy with him. Pete.
0: He's stuffing his pockets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's taking everything. Take
0: though. your shoe off. Slide yeah. him in there.
2: Get him across yeah. the border. Get him across the border. Couple snacks on the drive home. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's some. So you, you so you're doing that, and then you started what what. What what else sprung from that? Once you you know you 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 buy, a, I would just, buy your own yeah. boat eventually.
1: Yeah, I mean but, I, I had a paper route. I was buying lures off of Ed Ladiano. I mean this is going back even before like Dale Wiley and those guys even made lures. We would go over to Ed Ladiano's house. He's an old time lure maker. You can see his face in the in the in the lure collectors books. But mm-hmm. he uh you know I was saving paper route money to go buy lure. And uh, there was another guy named Fred Bender. A guy from Elwood that, would, that that did repaints and like it so much different than that it is now. I mean, you would take an hold like head and vamp or something, and we get all chewed up to the point that you would t- you know we would take them and get them like repainted instead of buying a new bait. You know, those things were just a lot a lot different. You get it repainted a different color that you wanted.
0: Kind of like uh, you'd have to take your shoe back in the old days. To what is that? A cobbler or something? And having yeah, a, re- a, yeah.
1: a new, a new, new sole on, on it.
0: There was no musky flea market. At least I don't think so. Yeah,
2: my, yeah. my, my, my. Uh, you know, my uncle. He still tries to get his baits painted. We would. Yeah. He wa- uh We were going to go to an outdoor show, and there was something like a, like a Suic booth there or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was back. Uh, Monroeville did like an. In Monroeville, Pennsylvania did uh, like a, the PA Outdoor Show or something like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that has been going on there for a while. The Allegheny and,
1: Outdoor
2: Show, yeah, the Allegheny Outdoor yeah. Show, and and he wanted to take this like bag of really old, beat up suits. He wanted to get them repainted, and I was just like, oh my god, like that, nobody is going to do that at these shows. But you know, that's just <laughs> what he was accustomed to, I guess, is is getting them repainted. He's like a lot of the guys used to get them repainted. I was like, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Like, you go up there yeah, now, like these people
1: are going to... Yeah. You didn't catch anything on, would be like, okay, I want to repaint it. I want to paint it as a <laughs> perch. And you would take it to somebody, they would take all the hardware off and repaint the bait. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we did. The, the tackle boxes, and the, I mean, everybody took, you know, we had a musky rod, a reel, you didn't have all these trolling rigs and all this stuff. I mean, it's, just, it's crazy what... The difference was back then. Mm-hmm. What at the end of
2: the differences? <laughs> it's
0: economical. Yeah, it's probably you. Know, the toughest choice for Todd was when you bought a new boat. Did you go OptiMax or e Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're addicted.
2: So you have you have, the, you have this paper rod. You got all these these musky baits in 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 your in your backyard. You're you're working for baits. You're getting
0: mm-hmm. hooked. And, okay, so paper route money, what, what was your next, obviously you didn't start guiding yet. What was the next, no. what did you do next to supplement this habit and stay alive? What was your next career, or not career, but job?
1: Yeah, I mean, I started working with my uncle as a, uh, he had a construction business, and I started working with him and, and uh, you know, making, Making money, working the summers, doing construction. Of course, I was—I started when I was about twelve. It would just be burning, the, burning the lumber, maybe carrying wood for them, and starts. You know, I started doing that and did did the own did my own thing with construction. Worked in a mill for a while. Well, so, sort of mill, actually, not a mill, sort of a shop like Andy's. Andy works at.
0: And and, I did that and, for what'd you do there?
1: Fifteen or twenty years. We run punches and presses and. I did welding and, you know, all kinds of steel work, uh, worked on silos, had a lot of different, I mean, I, I I always was working, I always had a construction, my own construction license too, as I got older, and, uh, I started the guide business in, uh, probably about 97 or 98, uh, you know, obviously I was really into the musky fishing by then, and, uh, just something I thought, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I had people asking me, you know, like, you ought to take people out, you know, you're having a lot of success, you ought to take people out and charge them. Talked to the Fish Commission in Pennsylvania, it was like, hey, I'm going to start a business. Do I need any licensing or anything? And back then, they, they, they said, go for it, you ought to get some insurance or something, but they had no licensing. <laughs> you <laughs> ought to
0: get some insurance. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, they had no licensing or anything going on back then. You didn't have to get a license to guide or anything. I think it's still that way, like in Canada. Oh, you, you don't really need a license or anything. But, uh, yeah, they, when I talked to them, that's what they said. And, uh, well, I mean, I was just doing it part-time. I was doing it on weekends in between, you know, after after work and stuff. And, uh, obviously, I didn't do a lot of trips either. You know, a lot of years it took 10, 12 trips out.
0: No, uh, let me ask you, I'm going to interrupt. How do you – and I, in 98, I would have been in 8th grade, maybe? Mm-hmm. So I I still was, like, in my own little bubble. How did you get the word out that you started guiding?
1: Did it was you, mostly through the ink chapter at that point.
0: Okay. I, I, mean,
1: didn't, I didn't make business cards. I didn't do
0: anything. I mean, because, like, what what, what do you do? Do you just go to, like, barber shops and other yeah. place,
1: like the, and, no, and just, no, I mean, I, people were asking me about taking them out. I, I had some really good years in Muskie Hank, Uh, you know, in, 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 our local club and, you know, turned in a bunch of fish and people were asking, man, I'd like to get started. You ought to take people out and this, that you ought to start a business. So that's how it got started. And like I said, it was very small and I was just doing a little bit on the side. I got into more work, uh, with a, you know, with my business to the point where I, I really wasn't able to do a lot of it there for a few years. Uh, just because I was going out of town working, you know, I I was running a, I was like a foreman on, on, uh, on some big jobs. And I, that's the last thing I felt like doing when you're out on Monday through Friday is trying to hurry up and go fish Saturday, Sunday, and then come get ready to leave for out of town again. But, uh, Yeah, as I got older there, that just, uh, I always wanted to go to Chautauqua, but I got out of college, and I had this big plan, I was going to get out of college, and I was going to go up there, and buy a piece of property, or buy a motel, or something, and start a little bait shop, start a little business, and, you know, obviously when I got out of college, I had absolutely no money, plus a big loan, and couldn't get the money to do it, and, uh, Chautauqua was where I always wanted to be, and, uh. It took me a while, but uh, yeah, two thousand seven or eight is when I got the license for up there, and
2: uh, before, been doing it been doing it since. Before before all that started, though, you you fished a couple tournaments. You when did you get into yeah. to the tournament fishing?
1: Well, the PMTT started in nineteen ninety nine, and. Uh, you know they were sending out. You know we saw some paperwork. I didn't have a computer. Dale Wiley didn't have a computer, but somebody brought us some stuff. They printed it off their computer, and hey, there's going to be this musky trail. Something him and I already always, always talked about. Wouldn't it be cool? And uh, yeah, we got that information, and now, when Dale you know I decided we were going to go do it.
2: When 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 you found out somebody started the trail, did you immediately? Uh, Write them hand letters and say you stole our idea.
1: No, <laughs> no. I never heard the idea start. That I was just hoping, hoping that somebody would. And actually, they sent it out. They were going to go to uh, Chippewa Flowage. I can't. I'm not going to be able to remember everywhere they were going. But they put one was the Chippewa Flowage. One was uh, Lake St. Clair. So it had our interest. We we had been to St. Clair before, and then they threw out this number four tournament that. Everybody's waiting to see what the trail is going to do, and uh, the number four tournament we should talk about. And and when they put that out there, that's when Dale and I were like, "Okay, let's let 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 let's do this. Yes. Let's try." It. And uh, him and I fished for four years on the PNTT ninety nine through two thousand three, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of good friends, a lot of these guys that we we've talked to on some of these podcasts. That's where I met him. <laughs>
0: now you're 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 fishing these tournaments the p m t t do you know like how many times you you placed top five or obviously you'll remember how many wins you had but what, yeah. what were some we, of the we, stats? we
1: only won we won one time we won at uh, in two thousand and one we won at uh, the at the Fox chain of lakes in uh illinois just north of chicago but uh you know, in those four years, we, we, always, we always did three of the four tournaments, and then they they would have the Invitational. And, uh, yeah, we we placed – we won the team of the year in 2001. We placed at every tournament we fished that year. Mm. Uh, and if I remember correctly, they said that was the first time that had ever been done. We, we caught fish in every tournament, at least one fish. And, uh, you know, we caught fish at Lake uh, – up at Leech Lake, the one year, uh, I, can't, I, 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 I can't remember how many times that, that we caught the fish, but we were doing really well. Uh, it just got into the time thing, you know. The time, I was still working then, and I was, I, I, you know, taking a whole, I mean, we'd never been to these places. You take off from Western Pennsylvania and go to Leech Lake, it's hard not to set a week aside, at least for that. You know, it takes a day and a half to get there. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was taking up a lot of time. I had a lot of fun doing it. I wouldn't say that uh, I really cared to do all that driving and, and and dragging the boat around. That's why we decided to get out of it. We still got out of Cave Round. I've been down there with Andy. We've been down there with uh, Vance last year. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it was fun. It was neat. And we talked about that with Tony. We talk, I mean, you can't make a living out of it. It was just fun to do. It was fun. The competition was fun. It was fun to go out. And we did have some good
2: success. You can't make a living out of it. But when you win,
0: you get a nice chunk of change. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. If you yes. won every time, you could make a living. You could. You have- every tournament, yeah. if you place first, you're going to be doing okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And there's no one going to do that.
0: Because <laughs> <Is> it, not- <laughs> it's musky fishing.
2: No. Mm-hmm also ab- about those about those tournaments when you when you went there you you guys were doing something a little bit different uh, it, you know a lot of people were casting for him and whatnot but but you and Dale Dale Wiley it makes Wiley lures uh, amazing trolling lures he makes he made jerk baits too which were also right. excellent but you guys you guys were trolling.
1: We went to a lot of those places and there was not, I mean, trolling wasn't that big, of, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really, uh, you know, there were people in the tournaments that were saying, you should not allow touring, uh, you know, trolling in these tournaments and, you know, that's not really efficient. I mean, it comes down to that. But when we went to the lake, I mean, how, how's it easier to learn a lake and the troll? Yeah. So we would go there and, and learn lake trolling and, uh. We caught some big fish casting too. You know, we got a 49 incher at Lake Minnetonka. That was the biggest casting fish that was caught in the first three years the PMTT, and I caught it on a Wiley Lord jerk bait. Uh, but most of our m- m- most of what we did was, was 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 trolling. You know, had had people come. Had, you know, had people say like, "Oh, you're never going to catch anything in this lake on this big bait trolling." They just don't hit like that.
2: That wasn't the case. <laughs> I mean, that just plays on to that awesome run that you guys had. Yeah. When it when it first, you, you know, you, you guys were doing something a little different, and mm-hmm. some people were saying, "Eh, you know, that's that's odd. That that's not going to work." And you cranked it out, wanted yeah. to finish first, and team of the year. I mean, that that stuff you have for till the grave and the stories. I, I just. Laughing and, and all that stuff—I I, I couldn't imagine yeah. that. That just is amazing stuff.
1: Yeah, and it, it, you know, it's, it's really where I realized that—you uh, know—I I saw the people in other states. I saw them. I saw people that had real legitimate guide businesses that were that were—you uh, know—getting business, and, and, and they were doing it. So that's really when I when I was like, you know, I, I, I can do this back home. I can I can do this. I can do this on Chautauqua Lake. Like I said, it's, you know, the plan took a while. And, of course, when you start, you don't just say you're going to be, okay, I'm going to go into this full board. And I'm going to be full-time at it and, you know, create a website and hand out business cards and all of a sudden you're booked all summer. That just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it takes time. And, uh, you know, the last three or four years here, it's, it's it's been pretty much what I've been doing. Now, the bait business helps a lot. You know, working with Andy. Uh, you know, we come up with all the baits. He came up with some of them before I even got in into it with him, but, uh, you know, pretty much these last few seasons, that's pretty much what I've been doing. You know, we make some baits. We go to the outdoor shows. Uh, you know, the guiding has really taken off. I'm on a great lake. Where, you know, I'm fishing a place where, you know, we have an unbelievable average of how many fish we're catching. Uh, helps to be there every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so i like, you know, I, I, you know, you stay on the fish, the more I do it, the easier it becomes, you know, I'm on the fish when you're fishing almost every day. We have a short season. I do some stuff in Pennsylvania also, you know, we fish at ground uh, locally, you know, late April, early May, uh, well, all, all of May actually, you know, we do some stuff and, uh, you know, I still do stuff at Pimatuning Lake and Rain State Park a little bit and some of our local lakes here, uh, But, you know, the majority of business comes. It it opens up there in in, the end of May. And then we head to Chautauqua, and I pretty much fish it till, you know, first week in November, something like that. Uh, I've added uh, Vance, our other podcast guy, is going to be helping out with some guiding. He's passed the tests and everything, and that's already helped helped me out a lot. Uh, Do you you think we can get Vance on? I can't fish, or uh, days that I'm already booked.
0: Yeah, do you think we can get Vance on the podcast someday?
1: Someday we can do. Yeah, this would be a, uh, this would be a big, uh, big be a year. Big... Hopefully, we get him out there a good bit.
2: He catches a couple here and there. Every once in a while. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: what What do you think? And now this is going to be an off the wall question. Mm-hmm. When When you started fishing more consistently, more like on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. What was the longest dry spell you had in memory? Oh, Well,
1: you, I mean, did, when we went some, when we were on the PMTT, we went to some of those places. We did not catch a lot of fish on some of those lakes. There's no doubt about it.
0: I mean, uh, like, like you know, I went. It's been six weeks since my last muskie, and you're holding a, a shot of whiskey, shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah.
1: What? Yeah, I I have some dry spells because I just don't fish over the winter. But
0: uh, I'm talking you
1: know, like man. I mean, it, like you, you mean it's at Chautauqua?
0: I'm just talking in general because I remember like when I was, you know, when I could fish and I knew what I was doing. You know, I'm like, geez, it's been four weeks. <laughs> and it, you were fishing, and I was fishing probably at least once a week, up to three times a week. Mm-hmm. But there were my trips. You know, what was there like a string that just like. I can't believe it. It's been six trips since my last muskie.
1: Yeah, I haven't caught one since I caught that one with you on the on the French Creek.
0: Yeah, so but, 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 six, but that was like the last time I that up, you I went. Been
1: really out once in, yeah. Yeah. I mean while while we're fish I mean, we'll put it this way, at Chautauqua Lake. I mean gosh. Two days. I've had a couple of times where we went two days without a fish.
0: Even even in, in like your, like your personal like it doesn't have to be with the business. It could be like when you were, you know, nineteen ninety six and you were fishing. I don't even know. You might not have been fishing all that often, but it's mm-hmm. you know it's not like oh I haven't caught a fish in four months. That's because you haven't fished. It's like yeah. I mean I've
1: when, been... when 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 we were at Leech Lake, we started fishing there like on Monday, and uh, Monday or Tuesday, and then we fished you know, through the tournament till Sunday, I caught one fish that whole trip. But it was in the tournament. <laughs> it's the one that counted. Yeah. Dale got one. You know, Dale got some fish we were trolling. Dale got a 49 the day before the tournament. Uh, Dale, Dale got a 43 the one day. I know we caught a fish like every day. You know, and, you know, the funny thing was, you know, the, the you know, talk around, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh my gosh, you guys are just killing them in and this net. And and I was like, they and I were looking at each other like this really sucks up here. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that good, and in here we, were, you know, I guess I guess we were doing okay. You know, the the the, the fishing wasn't on that week, and uh, you know, we caught like one fish every day. I just didn't, you know, they never hit my.
0: So so my that rod. that's your dry so I, spell I is like a
1: week five I fished there for like five days. I caught one. That, I caught one. I was reeling. Uh, one of Dale's fat bodies in, in the middle of the tournament. So I'm, I'm, the the rod is in the rod holder, and I'm reeling it in while it's in the rod holder. And the leader is coming up off the back corner of the boat while we're, like, short-line trolling in these weeds. So the clicker's off while I'm ripping in. And I I watched the fish. I'm watching the bait come up. The leader was just starting to come out of the water. Fish come right out from under the boat, grabbed it. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I grabbed the rod and I'm struggling to get out of the rod Old Dale's sitting there driving the boat you know and I'm like Dale stop the boat and he's like what's going on I said I got one he's like well why didn't you tell me you know this big, <laughs> it's this, this big thing I said well I was ripping, you know I was really hit right there and he's like is it? I said yes it's, it's definitely you know it's definitely you know you know one for the board or whatever it was like a 42 42 and a half I can't remember but uh, yeah that was the only one I caught on that trip
0: <laughs> That's great. So what? Look.
2: So a day fishing with you up at uh, you, mm-hmm. you. You book a trip with you. What? What can clients expect?
1: Yeah, I mean we, we start in June at, at Chautauqua and uh, late May. As, as I said, or, uh, you know, right it used to always open up the third Saturday in June. Now it opens up the last Saturday in May. So. uh yeah, I mean, normally we start at probably 8 o'clock, fish from 8 to 5. You know, we try to get a full day in. And, uh, you know, a lot of clients, that, that is more than a full day for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I take a lot, you know, a lot of the guys that we're taking out aren't uh, really experienced muskie fishermen by any means. You know, they, they just want to catch a musky. So we're going to do what we can. We do, you know, we troll, we cast. You know, some years we get a lot more fish casting, some years we get a lot more fish trolling. There's places on the water to stop and uh, you know get a bite to eat. I have a couple little, I have a couple restaurants that I can call in and order, and uh, that that's sort of nice about the lake. You know, it's easy if, if if women come on board, no matter where we're fishing, easy access to some restrooms and things like that. Just get off the water a little bit. So a lot of times we'll stop and take a lunch break, break. Some people bring their lunch. You know, but uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's a unique wake, l- lake in that aspect. You know, a lot of places you go out fishing, you go out on the Erie Charter or St. Clair Charter, you know, you're not going to go in for lunch. Uh, but, uh, you know, Chautauqua is laid out no matter where we're fishing. There's, there's ample places to pull in. We just pull into the dock, tie up, go in, get something to eat, get out of the sun, and then get back out fishing. But, uh, you know, we try to get nine hours, nine to ten hours on the water uh, and do what the fish tell me to do.
0: What What is the biggest mistake you see with new anglers that want to learn how to muskie fish? Not the anglers that just like, oh, we're up here for a week. We figured we're going to go fishing that have no interest in actually pursuing muskie personally. But the ones that say, we just got into it. We we want to learn. What's the biggest mistake,
1: man? I you know nowadays you can get so much information off the computer. I mean, not everybody gives up all the information, but if you uh, you know the guys are doing their homework and they're doing a little bit of stuff, and you know, they ought to be able to figure something out. Uh, you know, before it was just I mean, th- there was one way to learn. Before all this stuff happened, it was it was time on the water. You know, I don't even. I mean, I had more fun before the GPS came out. Did we catch as many fish? No, but uh, the only way you knew those channels through the weeds, or you knew a lot of that stuff, uh, was by memory. And you had to put your time on the water to learn all that, and uh, you know, figure out where the spots were. Uh, it, it's hard to go to new places uh, and, and and have any confidence. I mean, confidence is such a big part of. of any sport you're into, and it's a big, it's a big, big. Uh, it's big in fishing, also. You know, uh, I get to fish at Taco Lake all the time. I mean, I'm, there, there is, you know, I, I, I can go through a day, and you know, some you know some guys are like, oh, they're, they're you know they're not biting today, they're not this or that, and I I say, oh, I'm going to make one bite, and I feel that you can do that. But the only way you can do that is have the confidence in that body of water. So I mean, there's nothing to replace his time on the water, and uh, and learning. And you can learn you can learn a lot by taking a guy out and uh, and doing a guide trip. Some people just are against it or don't don't want to do it. There's a, I take people out all the time to come for a week week trip to Chautauqua. They might book me for the first two days of their trip. So, you know, we fish the north basin one day, fish the south basin. Uh, the next day, I show them around the lake. I real I'm i do not really hold anything back. Uh, you can learn a ton, especially on a bigger body of water. Not that that's not, not that you talk with a giant body of water, but, uh, you know, it can, uh, it can definitely, uh, shorten the learning curve by going out with somebody. Hmm.
0: Now, <clears throat> I know we, we, we hit a little bit. I want to backtrack a little bit more. When, when, You were fishing out of that little boat in Glendale with the Ted Williams. And then when when it was like... So musky fishing started getting expensive for you when you had to buy your own boat and Mm -hmm. do all that. Now, we we did talk about our boats. I think it might have been early on in our podcast thing. But when you started guiding, which boat did you have when you started guiding?
1: I had a uh, like 17-foot Sylvan windshield had a 60 on it and a 9-9 kicker. That's what I had when I started guiding. And then uh, after that, I got to Lund. I'm still running the same Lund. Had it for a long time. But I did, I did a lot of fishing out of it. My grandpa's 14-foot aluminum. I mean, we did a ton of fishing out of that boat. The Johnson 10 horse on it, and I used to... Take it, you know, he, I mean, it was it was his boat, obviously, but I would take it everywhere. <laughs> he didn't care. Uh, we spent a lot of time with three guys in the boat, one guy in the front, one guy in the middle, one guy in the back. Of course, we didn't do a lot of trolling back then, you know. Got into the trolling, trolling later on. But, uh, yeah. Um,
0: what was... Gosh, I could I could ask you what your big fish story, but I, I already know what the big fish story is. But how about you tell us the big fish story again?
2: There's a couple. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, <laughs> let's do.
1: I've never, I've never caught any gigantic fish. Uh, I guess my favorite one was. I mean, I have a couple favorite ones here recently with, the, with on on Raptors. You know, it's because I had a part in making the eighty, You know. You know, we talked about that there the one time when that, that when that uh, we were sort of still prototyping the raptor and uh, fishing with some clients and uh, I was just chucking chucking the bait out the back. I mean they were very new at the time and uh, yeah that fish came up and grabbed it and one thing one thing led to another and you know we got a forty pounder on Chautauqua on the raptor and I said I said to Andy we got a nice one.
2: <laughs>
1: 40, um. Yeah, <laughs> and I just, I was teasing him, and then we sent him the picture. But that was a big one. I mean, I you know there's a lot of the, a lot of those big fish have whole great memories. You know, my first 50 inch or my you know I I, I, I uh, 53 and a half up in up in Canada. There, uh, like I said, I've never I've never really caught any of these giants that these guys are getting these. 60 inch fish and 55 inch fish you know I've never had the opportunity to hook into any of them but uh, we get a fair share of the nice ones for where we're fishing
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> you, you what's okay I already asked you about what's the biggest mistake clients make what is something that a good client what makes a good client
1: Oh jeez! You know, I have fun with everybody. You know, we've—I've had people uh, five-year-old from five years old to ninety-seven I've, they have caught fish on, on trips with me. I've had a lot of women catch fish that have never really done it before. I mean, I just got a great video from from uh, from uh, you know a couple people I had out last year a boyfriend, girlfriend. And, uh, you know, she'd never caught a muskie. She caught two of them casting. I mean, it's both nice fish. I mean, we, he took some great footage. Uh, there's, there's, uh, you know, I, I try to fun with everybody. And, uh, you know, some people obviously, you know, when you have a five year old, you're not going to go out and say, okay, we're going to throw raptors all day, you know? So I'm going to cater the trip to what we can do. And, uh, Usually I'm on some type of bite, whether it's, you know, casting or trolling. We can do either or. And, uh, yeah, we're going to hit it hard and just try to have fun, put fish in the boat. I mean, we we, we, we I feel very lucky to be where I'm at. I knew I wanted to be there. I knew this is what I wanted to do someday. It's finally come around, you know, and like I said, with the bait business, uh, keeps me busy over the winter. Uh, you know, we average. Well over three fish a day on our charters. There's not many places in the United States that you can go do an average like that. Uh, so I feel I feel lucky, but it also it, it also has a lot to do with being able to fish every day. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. What um, what is what is like since you know you were you were five and you saw your first muskie. What do you mm-hmm. feel is the single biggest improvement in the last 40 years? Oh, gosh. There's
1: so many of them. I mean, like... I mean, just, like get it, just getting the trolling motor. You know, when they when, when they come out with those, with those things, that was a big deal. I mean, the equipment, the rods, the reels, the, you know, the, the the varieties of bait you can choose from now, the baits you can grab... It's so, 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 so so different than the way we used to fish.
0: Talk about the first trolling motor. It was probably like, you know. It was
1: shaped like a triangle. I think it was made by Shakespeare. And uh, the head was like a triangle. It just had a toggle switch up and down or, you know, I think it was forward and reverse. I remember my grandpa getting that thing and, you know, we went to Canada. I mean, we used to row, row around. Like, someone would take turns, you, you would row a little bit to move, and then you would cast a little bit and row, and you'd, have to, you know, you'd be fighting the wind. And uh, when, when he got that trolling motor, you know, and he had to put a battery in the boat, that was a big deal, you had to buy a battery and do all that. But he was like, boy, this, he said, "and this is going to help us catch a lot of fish. Did it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it, instead of him just rowing me around... He was able to fish too. <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing. Uh but yeah, I mean I think that I mean that was that was a big deal. I mean electronics definitely helped. I mean you know, electronics helped with the with the uh, trolling, you know, a lot more than it's that bigger deal with casting. I mean I can still I, I could still go fish Chautauqua and pull out to the same weed edges and do the same thing I'd do without those electronics. Because mm-hmm. You can look down and see the weeds. But the trolling, yeah, yeah, you know, seeing those books, seeing the bait fish, electronics are a big deal. You know, GPS is huge in learning a lake. I mean, you can go to a lake you've never even been to before and you can, you know, your chip reminds on a hard drive on my computer. You pull in there and there's your map. You can see the weed points. You can see the different, you know, all the structure. Uh, took a lot out. I mean, it's a lot easier to get started now.
2: Yeah, rather than just going out and saying, "Yeah, we got that's the spot over there by the, you know, the blue buoy or the, yeah. or the yeah. uh, the rusted car line, that's have to on line the back. with
1: the red, yeah. red roof over there and this yeah. tree, and the, and the and twisted if you drift tree. That way, you know, you can be on the weed edge and yeah, it's it's uh
2: the rods lots of changes. The rods changes. are different. The reels are different. The boats are different. It's all. You could you, you pretty much start right now if you want to do God, get a boat, get a nice electronic, get a nice rod, and you're ready to roll. You can learn the lake.
1: Yeah, and for the most part, if it looks, you know, it, it, you know, when you're fishing like that, I mean, you find a nice weed point, you find a nice weed edge, you find a hump spot in the middle of the lake. I mean, if it looks fishy, it, it, it is. You know, the fish are going to be there. Mm-hmm. You might not time it right, you know, it, it, just because you don't. Catch anything the first time, and it, 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 you know, it is husky fishing, but, uh, you
0: know,
1: it's become very simple. I mean, if it looks fishy, they're going to be there.
0: Mm-hmm. Just keep hammering on
1: it Just keep going, yeah. And you're going to find your sweet spots. You're going to find your honey holes. You're going to find some areas that always produce for you. And a lot of that probably has to go back to the confidence thing. You, know, you pop into a new lake, and you hit four or five spots, and you get that one spot where you see two or three fish. It's probably the first place you're going to start the next time. And, uh, and it quickly becomes your favorite spot on the lake. <laughs> mm-hmm. It might be totally different than anybody else, but uh, you know, fishing at Chautauqua all summer. I mean, I can say, you know, I get to the fish there. I, you know, obviously spent a thousand days out there on that lake. Uh, the hot spots move around. But, uh, you know, there's always those places that just seem to always produce for you.
0: Timing and efficiency. And it's probably the places that produce for you are weed edges, right?
2: Weed edges.
1: Weed edges when we're casting, and it's the places that I keep going to, you know, (laughs) because I have the confidence there. And there's not many places on the lake that we haven't caught them. Well, there's really hardly any places on the lake that we haven't caught them at one time or another.
0: Mm -hmm. and that was probably in the water (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but uh so you're this is it your 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 game plan right now is you don't you know you're you're not really doing any other other work you are a full-time guide that can only work part-time
1: yeah, full time guy, I can get about 100 days in. That's about as much as I can do over the summer. And then, uh, you know, we do the base. Base beyond that, you know. June is about filled up. Uh, looking forward to getting back in the water, sort of, uh, but it's going to be hectic. <laughs> Sometimes 18, 19 days in a row. That's a lot, it, you know, it's a job, but uh, I, I still enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy taking the other people out. I mean, I, I don't, you know. There, there, there's a lot of times when I get the time off, I really don't feel like going fishing. But uh, I do because I'm, I'm because I'm running a business. So we will do some exploring stuff. Andy was on an exploring trip. We had two days last year. once of thought was that we did not hook a fish, and one of them was with Andy. He came up and I said, "We're going to do some exploring."
2: You <clears throat> also I, said we had, were going to catch been a fish. been doing the same thing
1: over and over and over because we kept getting fish, and yeah, he and I did an exploring day, and we never hooked one.
0: We had a couple playing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So we had some playing around, but uh
0: but we then, didn't hook any.
1: That, that, that's but, the, then, but then we got you up there when I said now you, you need to get here right now.
0: <laughs> so I dropped everything. I was doing it. I was doing dishes, mm-hmm. and when he said that, I just. <laughs> My wife turned around and there was like a dish rag and and a plate just hovering in the air for half a second, then it fell and broke. Water was left on, boom, you were there. That's right. Mm -hmm. There was a fire on top of the stove. And you had your best day, ever. Yep.
1: He caught one on the first cast.
0: That's bad luck. And he cut his hook and he tried to (laughs) cast it back out there. (laughs) That was the bad luck. Yeah,
1: I mean, mean, you know, there's, there's, you know... that, that happens on the bodies of water. I mean, things get going, and, you know, there's a go time.
2: <laughs> hmm Yeah, when you can find that timing, it's like, hurry, yeah. up, hurry up and get so this, fished, this other one off. And so, you got to get another one.
1: So the first time I fished with Andy last year, we got nothing. One of the two days we didn't get anything, and then uh, the next time, what did we got like, 16 or something? Nine
0: for 16. Uh-huh. And then I think we went six for six the next time
1: the other time, yeah, yeah,
0: nine for sixteen.
2: gotta love that nine. but
1: you can't do that a lot of, you know I mean we have a great fishery uh they stock a lot of fish, there's still a lot of natural reproduction going on in the lake, and uh you
0: know yeah. It's a great, great place to now. Didn't fish. yeah? Didn't Chautauqua have a big crash of the muskie population at one time? Not right now, obviously. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah back, it the,
0: used uh, to be
1: sixteen. Late, I, yeah, I think it was like 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 late seventies, early early eighties. Red spot. Uh, it, it affected plant tuning real heavily. It affected uh, uh, Chautauqua real heavily. They lost a hive. Lost a lot of fish.
0: Now, what uh, what is red spot? It's a,
1: it's a, you know they have like an open sore on them. There's two different types. I mean,
2: I don't know the difference. And they got they they went through through the seminars. They learned how to wear protection and eventually. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like a uh, you know. There's one type that's that, that, that's like cancerous, to them, and there's another type they can heal over. And we catch a lot of fish that are all healed up. I mean, I'm sure Vance has seen them. Oh yeah, you know, big big nasty marks on it but it, you know it's it, it's healed over you know it's scaled over so some some of it's fatal and some of it is not uh, but you know it happens when when lakes are really highly populated and uh it wiped out the population pretty good you know Chautauqua was down there in the 80, early 80s were, were you- and that's really when I started fishing it a lot yeah that's when I was you know when I, you know, that's when i was a teenager and my grandpa and i was going up there and, and uh we catch way more fish now than we used to catch everywhere now that's now, happening everywhere
0: do you think that was because equipment and experience or do you think it was just the population was really down i, I
1: think i mean i i think it was a little bit of everything there uh I'm talking in the whole musky world. The, the old time guys. that I mean, uh, I've said this many times before. The good days of muskie fishing are, are now. Uh, you got to remember those. Most of the lot. Most of the fish were harvested back then, and they were legal. Uh, the equipment has changed so much uh, that has made it that much easier. You know. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I think the catch and release is a big part of it. It, 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 it is the biggest part of it. But I look back at that stuff that we were using. It's no wonder we lost a lot of those big fish. I mean, we just did not have equipment.
0: Yeah, you're uh, using those 16 foot rods.
1: That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I look back now. I mean, it's just it's just funny. We used to look, and, and just the baits we were using. Uh, I'm sure there were people out there that had the big, you know, there were, you know, the guys that were trolling, which we did not do any of that back back in the day, but, uh, you know, they were using, you know, ocean gear, and they had the big reels and stuff like that, and, but still, I mean, I, the, the biggest thing is the catch and release, you know, it's it, it, it just become a way of life with all these musky fishermen, and, uh, you know, it takes those fish a long time to get big, and, been a big big biggest part of the explosion of of why we're able to catch all these fish now Mm
0: -hmm. now i remember you telling me a story that you would always fish this bay with your grandfather and there was that one day where the lake was calm enough and you decided to cross the lake Mm -hmm. (laughs) tell me the story again
1: Okay, I'm trying to remember which one I was telling you, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, the way we can get around now. I mean, it was a big deal. We we would go to Chautauqua and stay on the western side, and it was a big, you know, he was was a little bit nervous to go to the eastern side of the lake. He had to watch the weather. He had to do all that kind of stuff, and it was the same way in Canada, Uh, you know, we would Plan our trip, like, okay, Tuesday's going to be good. We're going to go over to the Blind Channel. We're going to go over and fish by Boyd's Island. There's just some places on the lake. and You know, it was, it was two miles across. But, you know, that was a big deal when you were in a nine horse and a little 14-foot boat when, when, when you could hit some big waves. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, you know, you don't even think about that anymore. You go wherever you want. You know, a lot of those lakes; those guys still deal with it on the big water. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's endless stories. I I don't know which ones I just I just remember
0: you know it wasn't (laughs) like there was a bunch of a bunch of fish caught, but you you were you you fished the little bay in front of the place you stayed, and then one day uh, you know said I'm going for it, And and you like. The grass is greener kind of thing and you drove it across the oh, lake yeah. which might be how oh, far yeah. a mile
1: yeah 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 not that far over and I, you know he would be like you know when i started fishing on my own and he would you know i would come home from canada and stuff he's like you know do you guys uh you guys watch the wind and stuff you're careful when you go across that lake you get stuck over there
2: you know Things like that. It's Something 30 miles in a
0: car that. to get you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: What a, 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 you, you can pretty much go fishing with, with, with what, what what was it, a, a wrench and, and some electrical tape? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever you did it with over in, in Presque Al Bay. Oh, it, gosh, my multi-tool. Yeah, the multi-tool. And, and a zip tie. And a zip tie. As long as you have that with you, it's more important than a life vest and maybe some flares.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it a multi-tool and a zip tie will, will get you back fishing. It'll get you back to the dock.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter what motor.
0: That's right. The guy, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I, 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 you know, a lot of these are not really flowing as, like, normal questions, yeah, as, like, an we interview. Todd yeah, has this different. bait... <laughs> that he 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 calls the dog bone. Yeah. I I we might have talked about it, but I like the story of the dog bone.
1: Mm-hmm. Dog
0: bone. So Uncle yeah. Todd, tell us the story about the the dog bone again. Yeah. The
1: dog bone is much more achieved, has much, much more stars than than Mitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dog bone has been around. It was one of the first fat bodies that Dale when Dale first started making fat. The, the uh, explain the fat it, body. Fat body. Yeah. Explain he, what it he, is. He, Okay, it's a uh, six-inch diver bait. I think he calls it his, his, his uh, six-inch diver. Now is what he calls it. But we used to call fat body lure.
0: Now and, why? Uh, because it's skinny. No, it's kind of it's kind of chunky. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, chunky oh, I get it now. Fat yeah, body. A chunky little head. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: But it, you know, it was a diving plug. It was one of the trick. It was the first time I ordered ordered off of Dale. I ordered a couple of those. He gave me a couple to prototype and, you know, we did really good on them. And, uh, I, uh, I ordered a couple. ordered a the gold, Goldie and a uh, Brown perch. And, uh, back then they had some weight in them. He had them drilled and weighted and stuff. And yeah, the dog bone has been around now. Oh gosh. <laughs> that thing, that thing's been around now for Probably 25 years.
0: Mm. Not bad. I got I got six like years on them. <laughs> I was in yeah. kindergarten when it was born, <laughs> and
1: I I still you know I still I had I had I had the gold one, and the gold one got hung up on a sailboat that was sunk out off of this one point at Chautauqua. Uh, the only reason it was a sailboat is that I could pull, when I was pulling up, I could see the mast of the sailboat coming up. And
0: uh It could have been the sunken pirate that was on the ship that yeah, took
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Well it, it took one for the team. I lost that bait. I I, I lost it that day. It's probably a
2: lot of baits on
1: there. On a charter and uh there's a guy that already caught a couple of fish on it and then we lost the bait. But the dog bone is still going strong. Uh, it's had a couple of new lips in it. i caught fish up in the Georgian Bay, we caught the we caught that fish at uh leech lake i was talking about earlier on that i've cut fish out in you know minnesota wisconsin everywhere i've gone anytime i was having a hard time getting a fish i would put that bait out i still get it out there's still a lot of the people that do charters that you know ask about the dog bone and want to use the dog bone and they remember it from the year before and someday i'll lose that lure but i'm gonna keep running it it doesn't there's not much paint left on it but (laughs) it still gets fish
0: Hey, I've I, I heard that there's people that'll repaint that bait for you. Yeah, we're
1: yeah. not going to repaint it. I <laughs> <laughs> repaint it. has been sealed up, and it's been a great bait. So, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun with, you know, repeat clients, and people come back year after year, and they ask about it, and a lot of times they go, okay, we'll get it out a little bit. You get one fish on, on the dog bone, that's it, you know. And then they catch their fish, and
0: it's it's semi-retired then.
1: Yeah, he he comes out of retirement. I like to get it out when when you know when I get guys on board that have like have you know that have never caught a muskie. We put that dog bone out on a short line off on on the down rod, and uh, sure enough, it still it still puts them in a the boat for us. The
0: good old dog bone.
1: Yeah, yeah, the dog bone.
0: How many, and, and, and this is going to be purely a guess unless you have numbers in front of you. How many muskies do you think the dog bone has caught?
1: Oh, my gosh. A couple hundred.
0: <laughs> How many strikes? Probably double that, then. Yeah,
1: yeah. Lots of, lots of strikes, yeah.
0: Yeah. A couple hundred. No doubt hundred about eight. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to see the dog bone to be just like a toothpick. Is it, is it back in action? Oh, yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we caught a, we caught a uh, man, it was probably the second week of the season this year. Guy uh, got a nice big fat 45, 45 or 46-incher on it, and uh, when I netted the fish, the fish started rolling up, and the lip came loose, and I could see that it was crooked in there. I was trying to get the lift. And uh, long story short as we were releasing the fish the loop came out. And it was out of action for a while because I didn't, I, I was fishing. I, I wasn't able to get back home. Dale put a new lift in it and I think, man, uh, he, he, he put a new lift in it. I bet you we had it out for about an hour. First time I got it back and it, it yeah, it's back in action.
0: Back in action. You know, we, we, we talk about Dale so much. And I know we mm-hmm. wanted to have him on the podcast by now. Give us, give us some background: how you met Dale, the friendship, and, and 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 like the whole timeline with with Dale Wiley.
1: Yeah, his 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 family was going up to Canada, the same place that uh, that we were going.
0: Competition. And
2: no,
1: it was not. Oh, a competition. There's Andy no. turning
2: it <laughs> into a competition <laughs> again.
0: I had to do that. No. Yeah, all
1: the like. That. <laughs> the place we would go in September, there were six cottages. and
0: uh, You tried to all rent six all six to keep them guys out. From
1: Elwood City, you know. And I was probably, you know, when I really started talking to Dale, I was probably like 10 or 11 years old. Dale was like 14 or 15. He's about five years older than me. Uh, and uh, he, he was already making, he was he, he started making baits. At that time, most of the baits were like imitation like vamps, things like that. He didn't have his, like his own line of baits back then, but he he was making lures. And he, so I was down there talking to him on the dock, just a couple of younger guys, and, and uh, he was testing baits out. And he gave me a, a vamp imitation vamp. And uh, I, I really never went fishing with Dale till, you know, he fished with his father, and I fished with my dad or grandpa. But you know, we were always BS and talking, telling fishing stories at at, at the end of the night. And then uh, I started fishing with Dale a little bit, oh, geez, probably when I got out of college, you know. Uh, him And I started going a little bit, and, yeah, we did the PMTT together. We did a lot of trips to Canada. Don't fish that much with him anymore, but, you know, that's just because I'm fishing all the time with clients.
0: <laughs> so you you were like... It Was like a, it was like, a, like a convoy of people leaving, like, Elwood City area to go up to these camps, or was it just... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: it, it, everybody up there... I mean, not that everybody traveled together, but, uh, you know, back then, when, I mean, one of the big differences was there just was not that many people uh, muskie fishing. Usually when we saw somebody muskie fishing, I knew who it was. Uh, because there was just not that many people doing it. No, geez. I mean, I was up at Climate Tuning just on on Saturday, and there was boats trolling around and people casting. I have no idea who any of those people were. But uh, a lot lot more people into the sport now, which is, it seems to be working just fine. Everyone's still getting fish.
0: Mm -hmm. They'll get used to it. You watch. There's going to be no Mm -hmm. muskies caught in 2018. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No fish next year. Oh,
1: God, that's going
0: to be terrible. Two years. They're going to start wising up. You you talk Mm -hmm. about Elwood
2: City and everybody going up to that Canada. I still think about this little area here. And and all the bait makers that came out of it, it's really something crazy with the... Ladiano, Leos, Wiley. Legend. Legend. That's the guy that makes the perch bait and the plow.
0: Um. Uh, we're missing. We're missing tons of them. We're missing tons of them. Yeah. Uh, we have Newman. 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 yeah. Uh. Yeah. It, it's it, and that that all pretty much stemmed from Ed Ladiano, right? Ed Ladiano
1: and a couple other guys. You know, it goes back to a guy named Kimmick. He made the Kimmick Mouse. It was a musky lure. It was like a deer deer hair body lure. Yeah, there was something about that area, there's no doubt. Uh, that area around Elwood City, those guys just got into muskie fishing, and he uh, had tons of guys repaint. Like I said, Fred uh, Fred Bender, uh, you know, he had his own bits too.
0: You better straighten but
1: up. The, but those guys are long gone. You know, those guys are... That was a long time ago, but there was a, definitely a connection, and there was tons of people... Uh, they went up north to go muskie fishing,
0: and you just happened to be right there—the perfect storm. Your grandfather yeah. knew him, and you—you you knew of Dale. You guys were somewhat neighbors, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I lived in a different place. My grandpa lived near Dale, which I spent as much time as I could down at his his house uh, when I was a kid. He lived right on the Slippery Rock Creek. I could go fishing any time and walk down there go fishing and we would go hit all the different lakes and uh yeah Hmm, lots of history there lots of
2: history around awesome stuff yeah
1: five years old get into it a little different being the uh
2: person on the interview this time but you know basically got into it young yeah What's that? Got into it young, came up to
0: where you are now, now you're... That they, they, His last name is Young.
2: Young, got into it young, still young, still, still fishing. Young. I'll, always, I'll always be young. Averaging <laughs> three fish a day on the charters with people who have never done it before. Yeah. It's an educational trip, it's an experience. Get out and do it. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: June. As I said earlier, June. June's pretty well booked up. Not too many days left in June, but we got July. Always. Never. The biggest thing we we'll always get is, you know, what? I, I answered three texts today. What's the best time to come up and do this? And I'll tell you, I, I, I don't know that. I mean, we catch fish June through November. Uh, every year, my best month is a different month. Every year, we get our biggest fish <laughs> uh, in one of the different months. So that's just timing. And I can't, I don't know what it'll be this year. But we're going to, we'll be catching them. That's all I know.
0: Now, normally when we have a guest, we ask for a story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Could be big fish, multi fish, something funny. I'm hitting you cold. You should have known this one was coming.
1: Absolutely told so many of the stories over the podcast that I'm trying to think of a new one here. Okay, I I got one. I'll tell you about my dad. Okay, so my dad, I mean, he was, he was, my dad was a coach. My dad's a very active guy. He's 72 and he's still extremely active. He, 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 when I started getting into doing some trolling, he was not real happy with that. (laughs) Like sitting there, so he's he's the type of guy that we would troll for like an hour, and the next thing I know, he's like doing jumping jacks or push in in my boat,
0: <laughs> or like air that, box shadow boxing.
1: Yeah, he's like this is this is just crazy, you know. I, I this is not you know, and uh, so I knew I, I I knew to get him going on troll and you know going back. Uh, you know, Dad doesn't fish that much, but he you know. Uh, he had never really caught a really big fish either. And I was like, this is the way dad's gonna get to one of these big fish. you know, he's gonna get a trolling. And uh, so I try, you know, I try to pick my times, you know. Uh to take him out and, and do some trolling. And uh, I was in Canada for a week, and then he came up for the second week. So he shows up. I was on this really good trolling bite, and, uh, and he shows up and says, Hey Dad, we're going right now we're going out trolling oh geez you know and uh took him out and uh onto this great bite that i was on and he caught like probably four fish in the first hour they all hit his pole which was perfect (laughs) you know he caught one we released it caught another one released it caught another one released it he he had all these fish and uh that sort of got him thinking about trolling, and then just uh, probably two years later, he was back up in Canada, and uh, once again we were on this really good trolling bite. He he went at uh, he got a, a uh, he got like 19 fish in about three days, and got his he beat his personal best. Every, each day it went from like 45 and a half to like 47 inches to 49 inches to 52 inches Wow! day after day after day and uh now he, he'll he go trolling with me when i tell him i think we ought to troll a little bit
0: he doesn't put up a fight anymore
1: <laughs> he doesn't put up a fight anymore no 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 plus he's he's 72 now he can't he doesn't he, well, he doesn't admit it, but he doesn't really feel like standing there casting all day long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, what, was he pumped when he was just shattering records?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a, I mean it, it, he had an unbelievable... And we had gone two or three days, and, and he did not catch fish. But then we got into this trolling bike, and it was like, bam, bam, bam. It, it went like, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Bam, 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 and broke all his records, and
0: yeah, man, if that happened well,
1: it, now, you know they went a long time. You know some of those guys went a long time. These guys, you know, you weren't. Catch, we just did not back a long time ago. We did not catch fish like we're catching now. Hey. You don't. You did not see the numbers. You didn't see them anywhere. You didn't see them at St. Clair like they're catching now. You didn't see them at any of these bodies of water like
2: we're seeing now trollings trolling is is can be glorious but it, it, i mean it's brutal running all those rods by yourself when you're a guide,
1: oh yeah going to guide trips i mean i get i get really bored i get really bored of trolling and i but i mean it, it's especially when you've got these you know you know when you have clients that you got to do it you you just gotta do it and sometimes it's great you know when you are when you are hitting good but uh I can get really bored with it,
2: but all the pressure's I, on
1: me. Yeah, the pressure's on me. Everyone's just sitting there.
2: It's like when and, are these uh, things going to go yeah, off. We're on a
1: trolling trip, and they're looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and we're talking and getting to know people. And, shit, <laughs> it's you know, when I take somebody casting, we can have opportunities. We can have fish come up and, and uh, you know swipe the bait, and they don't do a figure eight or they're you know they pull it out of the water, and you know, you know they had a chance. But uh trolling they're just sitting there waiting.
0: Mm-hmm. So what but, are we it, but it, to... it's an unbelievable
1: way to put the fish in the boat, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, once those rods start going off, it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. The sound, the clearing of the other rods.
0: What's the everybody what's jumping the up? Most fish you've had on trolling at once.
1: I think we had three on at St. Clair, but, you know, that, that's not uncommon up there for those guys sometimes, especially now that you're allowed two rods a man, you get six people in the pose. I mean, you know, we've got lots of doubles trolling at Chautauqua. Uh,
0: I'm going to go for a PA triple. I'm going to be trolling by myself. All three rods go off. There you go. Yeah, that would be great. In fact, on all three of those rods, there's going to be a muskie on every hook point there you go you'll beat todd at one record since it's a competition
2: yeah so if i'm running
0: a bait that has three hooks there's gonna be nine muskies on them. there you go there's gonna be 27 muskies on and i'm gonna have just a net full it's just gonna look like they're stocking except they're all gonna be 50s and I'm, I'm that's gonna, all you gotta do is drive through that stocking stocking place with the you know and Thirteen hundred inches of muskies in my net. There you go. And there's going to be one big one nipping at those fifties tails. You'll win the competition, of course, because I'm only going against myself. Andy's taking notes.
2: You you think this is just like a, a a little interview, but he he really is doing his homework here because he's all about the competition. I'm he's,
0: sizing up Todd right now. He's trying to he's trying to get something that he can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get some leverage on you
2: you know it's mm-hmm. going to happen you're going to call when that happens and Todd's going to be like you're going to ask how, how'd you do that day and he's <laughs> going to say well yeah we we had a we had four on yeah four one on. hook. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious
1: i'm going to never had two on the same lure but i did have a fish grab both two lures one time
0: i had three follows on one bait twice Three follows yep. one... Three muskies follow one bait. Really? I've had it happen twice. I've just had two... I up. couldn't catch them. Yeah. So it really... I mean, it, that kind of kind of throws you off. It does.
2: He's like, uh, the, you know, here comes two or, or here comes three in your case. And you're just like, shit, wh- which one is... What do I do here? <laughs> yeah. you know, I was, was bank like, yanking. Which one am I going to...
0: Uh, you know, which one's going to follow this? I was bank yanking and I was at the base of a tree that had fallen in the water. And I can guarantee you this... There's only one person that knows where that tree was, and I don't think my wife remembers yeah. where to go. <laughs> I've only taken one person to that spot, and I cast it out, and it was on a little prototype twitch bait that, that I don't even sell anymore. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the fish lay there, mm. and I cast it, and I let it drift just to go perfect, the perfect cast. You ha- the, the casting was awful. Hit the current. I had to cast it in the current. Now, this this is not a big river, so mm-hmm. um, I cast it. I let it drift. and I'm like, okay, now start working. I'm working. I'm just twitching. Unpainted, white bait. Mm-hmm. Twitch, twitch, twitch. I'm like, okay, there's a muskie. And i get getting a little bit closer. And this is all like within 20 feet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's a muskie behind it. And I, I just like, just like cars pulling out of a parking lot. One's behind <laughs> it. Another one pulls out, <laughs> starts going behind it. Yeah. A little bit closer. Another one comes out and just fallen And I got three muskies at my feet. Wow! I don't have a I don't have a stick to beat them with or nothing. <laughs> and they all kind of just went their own little way when I got to my feet. Yeah, that was uh, that.
2: That happened to me up on the lake, and and I had the the jigger going the, the uh, Project X jigging. Okay. And uh, they followed right in and. Uh, it was staring right at the damn bait, jigging up in the water. Both of them, boom, 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 boom. I couldn't believe it. I thought, I thought for sure one of them was going to hit it, but they were just checking it out. It
0: was, it was incredible. <laughs> they didn't get the memo that that's edible yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll happen. That was new. That was new.
1: <laughs> yeah, my double. That, that double fish story I was telling you about. So the the down road goes off in the back of my boat, we're trolling, and uh, you know it starts zipping. I said, "Oh, oh, oh. You know, there's your fish. I go to hand the guy the rod, and the other don' rod starts going out. And I and I, I, I grab that rod and hand it to the other guy. And uh, you know, like you know, the guys are like, "What's going on? What's going on?" I said, "Yeah, we got you know, you both got him. Let's go." You know, <laughs> and I'm I run up front. I'm getting the net, getting things settled. And they're you know, he's like, "Oh, your fish is paddled with My fish. Oh, your fish is paddled with My fish." <laughs> And uh, a fist fight breaks out yeah I mean this, this is the, this is the honest, true story, and that as they're reeling this thing in it comes up to the boat it's got fat body
0: tell me it's uh, a dog bone
1: Dale's fat body in the one side of the of, of the of the uh fish's mouth, and I believe it was a perch bait in the other side that that was my two rods at the time, and I was like, well, whose fish is it so <laughs> I took the picture they were both holding the fish.
0: I thought you took out a knife and cut the fish in half. (laughs) No, no.
1: but I never had that. That, That's the only time that's ever happened.
0: It might have
2: crossed. It might have hit it and went.
1: Yeah, it could have slid down the line, but it was in In the mouth. Yeah, both both, in the same. I don't know if the fish grabbed them both or not, but that was a unique situation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got to one-up you. Get ready for this one. I was trolling on Woodcock. I, I, I took my, my, my one buddy, Eric, who's the bass guy. He's never been trolling before. He didn't know what to expect or anything. And I kind of just set out. I was I guess I was kind of aiming for walleye. I had like hot and tots and stuff out. Mm. And uh, I had just kind of like started fishing Lake Erie. And I'm like, oh, these walleye are easy. You just got to put out the stuff and they hit it. Yeah. So we're going along and we don't get... Ten minutes into it, and the rod starts ripping. I'm like, there's your fish. He jumps up, grabs it. That fish took every line that I had out. Every line. (laughs) Every line. Because it swam into the other ones, got all rigged up in them, (laughs) hooks all in this muskie. We get it. We didn't even have to net it. It was, it was a musky. It was a musky. It had wove itself a sweater in all of my trolling lines. Oh my god! I had to take a knife and just start cutting. The lines. multi-tool. The multi-tool. Did it work? We got the fish out. Does it have lures stuck in it? It had lures everywhere. It had it had them in their belly. It had worm harnesses in its back. It oh just. God. Oh. I didn't expect to catch anything, let alone a muskie. And six times. Well, at that time we had four rods out. It was oh, two no. rods a person. But it was it was a debacle. <laughs> it literally was. It was it was before I really started targeting muskies and it just took the one rod and just sucked took out everything the other side. else. Amazing. And it wasn't a big one either. Yeah. It was just not being prepared.
2: That poor thing.
0: Hey, we let it go. It swam away. Yeah. It did all right. But it it had some holes. It was taking on water. (laughs) It was taking on water. The build was going. It sank. (laughs) So, yeah. Four rods caught that one. There you go. You win that one. (laughs) No, I don't. That one. That was a terrible event. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Two hours, one minute, 40 seconds. That's good. That's good. We're going to call it. Uh, if you liked what you heard from our guest today, yeah. please yeah. friend him on Facebook, <laughs> Todd Young. Uh, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook, mcfishandguides.com. Get in touch with him if you'd like to go fish Chautauqua and, or any other lakes in Pennsylvania on the western side before Chautauqua opens. Um, we're also St Croix rods. Check them out. If you're in the market for a new fishing rod, you should uh, definitely at least look at them. Ma- mostly made in USA. y'all know St. Croix. I don't have to explain it. Fattyzy Musky products, Fat easy Musky Fat-Easy-Musky products on Facebook, like it and on Instagram and i'm going to give one last shout out to whitetail heaven they are not paying me they're not paying us i'm in fact paying them but i had a really good experience check them out if you're a deer hunter and uh, they're on facebook they got a couple websites tevis and hannah run a first class operation check them out until next time we got open water good luck fishing talk to you guys later